Well, uh, weird Reddit week. Again. Again. Just a lot of bad shit. (laughs) I didn't notice. I'm struggling to find not serious ones. And I'm spreading out the serious ones to talk about because I think some of them are important. Yeah, for sure. You don't want to melt my brain like too much. Yeah. Yeah, gotta melt it over a long yeah. period of time. <laughs> you, you've got to keep mining for content, you know, so... Exactly. If you melt my brain all at once, it's like a candle, right? If you melt the candle all the way down, it's just completely useless. Apt metaphor, considering... <laughs> considering we're talking about Reddit. <laughs> Reddit drama will never end. That's why we picked the best content. Content with a capital C on Reddit. Yeah, That's what we and like. I need to... Close the billion tabs I have open that I'm like reading, trying to find something not serious. <laughs> and then everything I'm reading, it's like, oh, uh, am I the asshole for telling my boyfriend that he needs to take his shoes off when he walks in the house? And then it's like buried lead city in there. Like, actually, he tells me I'm worthless. My boyfriend's my a giant racist. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah i sounds very i'm like oh this sounds light oh no oh no oh no um yeah i'm saving some of those for later because we also got a a highly requested story that we never talked about uh coming up here so that'll be good uh how was your week i have had a pretty good week i actually have been socializing the last week because i'm all vaxxed up baby i'm full of that pfizer juice and (laughs) Uh, my husband's dabbing outside doing like, he's like, yeah, vaccines. Woo. That's the kind of stuff that gets us excited in this household. <laughs> I'm st- sitting here staring at my Sawbones pro-vax uh, pin that I'm going to wear when we go back to school. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> so, oh God, I went and saw some live music <gasps> and oh, I drank sure. beers outside and I saw my my mother-in-law my father-in-law i met a baby like i did all (laughs) kinds of things this week i went back to school it was all fine i went clothes shopping oh man it's like i feel like emperor cuzco at the beginning of the emperor's new groove (laughs) where he has just like all the shit and he's like yeah i deserve all this shit that's how i feel right now because i was so well behaved over quarantine i didn't go anywhere yeah so now it's like uh, yeah, you want me to come to your party for your dog? Absolutely. I'm gonna be there. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I might go to Target later and just oh, like yes. buy a bunch of shit I don't need. Oh, yes. I've also been like buying lots of um not a lot of clothes, but I um found this store that's uh, called gender free mm. clothing. And they have clothing specifically for body type so they have ones for you know uh people with big bellies or people with big breasts so i was like oh awesome i'm gonna buy some of these shirts so that i can have button downs that don't have that gaping hole in the middle i hate bra i hate boob gap i will send you the website thank Uh, you and they're they are uk based and they are a little bit expensive because everybody gets paid fair wages (laughs) And they shipped it really fast. I think it's going to arrive before my mod cloth order that I placed a week earlier. So 
Okay, for real, we need to have a real bra talk today. Oh, are you getting used to wearing bras again? <laughs> okay, so I knew that I needed to buy a new bra because I was going back to school. I can't have the kids see my lounge bra nibs. <laughs> so we went to Target and they have their own bra kind of brand called Auden. Oh, I and I got some bras from them before and they were okay, but they were a little bit uncomfortable because they were underwired. Morgan, you have to try their Bliss range. It's not underwired, but it's memory foam sh- uh, crafted. So it has a shape and it covers the nips, but it doesn't Ooh. dig into your ribs. And they are comfy as balls. Fits really nice. No gaping. Oh, so good. It looks like it's convertible to racer bag. Yes, and they're cheap. They're like 15 bucks a-, a set. Wow, that is cheap. So I bought two. And they're amazing. And I love them. So if you're a larger chested lady, but you don't have mega bucks to spend on bras, get yourself to Target and try their Auden Bliss. It looks a lot like one that I bought from like one of those gimmicky bra companies, mm-hmm. like Third Love or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but like Which are, is comfortable. <laughs> yeah. So I, am... I wish they would invent some underwire that's not like, this Torture. will... Yeah, dig into your ribs. It's like, why can't we have, like, plastic or something that's, like, not metal? Like, something in between. Because we have to suffer, Morgan. (laughs) That's why we exist, to suffer. We need to pay for the sins of Eve Mm -hmm. and Pandora. Fuck those bitches. (laughs) Pandora was cool as shit. Eve was like, oh, "Oh, I'm gonna eat this goddamn apple. I don't care. My baby was hungry. (laughs) Apples are delicious. Well, I need to close out Target. Every every week we gotta get on some... Yep. But anyway, I just thought that was going to yeah. be important and valuable information for all my uh, larger chested ladies who have to go back to go back to work. Hell yeah. And have got Check used to uh, wearing a bralette. All right. Well, welcome to Are You Serious? A Journey Through Bad Reddit Relationships. I am Morgan. I'm Esme, and this is episode 53. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Or 54? 53. I just checked. <laughs> <laughs> Normally yes, I don't is. check and I just make an educated guess. Today I was like, no, we're kind of getting into high numbers now. <laughs> I have to I have to do at least a little bit of prep for this goddamn show. <laughs> yeah, we're halfway to 100. Oh, we're halfway to 100. All right. This first one I have <laughs> I is one of those ones where it's like, you think you know the answer when you read it and it seems kind of light-ish, but you know. Mm. Uh, it's an Am I the Asshole post. They uh, OP and his wife are in their late 40s. Okay. Am I the asshole for telling my wife to get therapy because she's been wearing black for too long? Hmm. <laughs> I used, my wardrobe used to be exclusively black when I was about 14. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he says that she started this in middle school, which is like about right. Yeah, that sounds, yeah, I feel called out and I don't want to listen to this post, Morgan. (laughs) Well, I think some uh, clear differences are going to emerge here. Okay, cool. My wife and I are in our late 40s. Both of us have an alternative style, although through the years I've become a little more colorful, while she, as a full-fledged goth, wears only black. She's been that way since middle school and is very firm about it. She has snappy comebacks to people who ask about her style, and she, quote, won't put herself in any situations where clothing color is dictated. She didn't go to her high school graduation because the robes were blue. Hmm. She wasn't allowed to attend the karate class she wanted because they wouldn't allow a black outfit. And she did have to leave a job because the boss wanted her to wear more color, and she constantly refused. Okay. (laughs) 
She even wore a black wedding dress on our day. I have no problem with her style. I think she's attractive and wonderful, and she's very successful in her career, so it hasn't affected her much other than that one job. Here's the problem. My mother is very sick, and we are doing a family photo to cheer her up with a Get Well Mama on the shirts. My sister picked them, and of course, they're not black, they're purple, my mother's favorite color. When we picked up the shirts, my wife said nothing, which was pretty surprising, and I thought that she might wear it for the photos. Unfortunately, I realized yesterday that she dyed the shirt black since she knew that sister-in-law wouldn't make her wear color, and I got pretty angry. We had a long argument about it, and she said that she doesn't have to be in the photo, but that's not the point. The point is that she won't stop wearing black for something like this, which I think is pretty important, and it shows that she prioritizes the wrong things. We aren't teenagers anymore, and sometimes we have to do things we don't like for the people we love. She thinks I'm a total asshole for even insinuating that she wear the shirt when she's made it clear that this, this is how she dresses, and she won't be told what to wear. She's also mad at my sister for picking out a purple shirt, and I know that's out of order. I told her she needs to think about therapy because this is going a little too far. I may be oversensitive because this is my mother, but the photo is in two days, and I don't even know how to fix the shirt, and I'm too embarrassed to ask my sister for a new one. Am I the asshole? No. Wow. Yeah, I thought, reading that title, it's like, yeah, you're an asshole, but this is, like, actually a problem. Okay, black wedding dresses, like, I wouldn't even care about that shit. because Yeah, that's, that's your own choice. Radical as hell. But getting fired from it, like, when he was like, yeah, she's been fired from a job. Well, that is, like, the boss keep asking her to wear more color and she's constantly refusing. Like, that's out of line for that boss. He yeah. shouldn't have asked her to wear more color. But maybe, and maybe she did this because it says she left the job she, she wasn't fired so okay maybe she just got a new job because he wouldn't stop bothering her totally valid i think that it's very silly that she didn't go to a karate class because they yeah. wouldn't let her wear black and also the high school graduation because the robes specifically were blue also nobody looks good in martial arts gear unless they're like a Bruce buff Lee. dude <laughs> Like, I look like dumpy as hell in my martial arts gear. It's so stupid. I look like a tiny little child, <laughs> like, dressed up in pajamas. <sighs> I, I think um, if they were doing a bit with these shirts and everybody had a purple one and hers were black, that would be funny. I think that would right. be funny. But she did it without asking. I just um, think it's there's something going on with her perception of her image. Yeah. That is alarming. Because I know when I was a teenager and I wanted to wear black all the time, partially that was a uh, a self-confidence thing. Because I just felt like I didn't look good in any clothes and I was a very sweaty teenager, like incredibly sweaty. So I would wear black as a way to hide the fact that I had like sweat marks. Mm -hmm. So from my own experience, I know that wearing black was like a comfort blanket for me. It was like, well, if I wear this, nobody's going to know that I'm sweating and that I'm uncomfortable. I could also see how it could be a really, like, an I'm not like other girls type backlash yes. to being expected to wear pink and be cute and right. stuff. That seems like it's possible. Yeah, and that was partially it for me, too. I was like, well, I don't look like all the other girls in my school anyway, so I'm just going to lean hard into it. Mm -hmm. um, and... Eventually, I was like looking at my wardrobe, and I thought, you know what, I I need to put something else in here. I can't, I can't do this anymore. This is an unrealistic way to live my life. <laughs> and I started just putting in like 
dark colours, but but not just black. So I'd like dark purple and dark red. And eventually now I have a pretty colourful wardrobe. But yeah, I'm kind of worried about her, how much she links the way that she dresses to her perception of self, so much so that she can't do something nice for a woman who's sick. Yeah, it almost seems like a phobia at this point. Yeah, it's such a severe aversion. Yeah, I I don't know, that's... That would be hard to live with. Not on a day-to-day basis, but, you know. Yeah, I would be more worried about, like, you know, she can wear her... If it's her wedding, she can wear a black dress. Things like going to other people's wedding and wearing black isn't always culturally acceptable. Mm -hmm. Because it's a downer, you know, things like that. Like, you should have a couple extra things sprinkled throughout and... You know, just use those for special occasions. Yeah, I don't wear dresses very often, but I have some nice dresses in my in my wardrobe that if it's a special occasion, I can pull them out, you know. Yeah, and purple is like the gothest color besides red, I guess. Yeah, I mean, if, you, if you're saying, well, I only wear black because I'm a goth, you're not really leaning hard into goth culture there because have you ever seen Bram Stoker's Dracula? Um, <laughs> so... I think he probably didn't say it in the best yes. way. And he says, he I may mad. be oversensitive because this is my mother. Mm-hmm. And I told her she needs to think about therapy because this is going a little too far. It's weird that he, um, and not weird, it's uh, not great that he only spoke up when this is something that affects him. Right. Um, as opposed to like her karate class that she wanted to attend to. Like if her aversion to wearing colors that are not black is affecting her life in that way, like preventing her from doing something that she wants to do, then that should have been when he drew the line like 20 years ago. <laughs> right. I think at the age that they're at, I think there becomes a certain age where no matter what you do, you, you're really not going to be able to change that person unless they drastically want to change. Mm-hmm. I think the younger you are, the easier it is to kind of say to somebody, hey, don't you think this is a little bit extreme? But when somebody's been wearing black for 25 plus years, and that's the only thing they've worn for 25 years, yeah, good luck with that. Yeah. Um, and it's been it's been entrenched into her personality and her routine and all that. And she has retorts, special retorts for people who tell her she needs to wear something different. And this is a, a pretty deep set habit now that is going to be hard to break yeah and i think uh couples therapy is probably the start yeah i think where to start yeah i agree i think they they need to sit down with somebody who is above reddit's pay grade and see if they can figure this out and it was good i was just gonna say at the point where it's like life altering and she can't do anything else that's why you need to do something about it. Yeah. And uh, there's a bunch of people in the comments being like, has she not seen cupcake goth? Like, there's a lot of different goth subcultures where it's not just like, and I wear black all the time. Right. So it seems like yeah, there's something else going on. Or or maybe she has just like wrapped her entire personality in this one trait and she just needs to like branch out of the safety blanket. But maybe uh, getting to the root of why she's so averse to wearing other colors would be helpful. You see this kind of identity wrapping a lot in nerd culture. Oh yeah, I was just going to bring that up. It is so... You like anime so much that it's your whole entire personality and nothing else is going to dissuade you from that and everybody else who wants to enjoy it is less of a fan than you and 
like it's it's the whole that's where you start to see the gatekeeping come in mm-hmm. i wonder if it this dressing black is a way for her to like cling onto a subculture that she was really into in her youth and she's holding on to that because a lot of people when you see it in nerd culture it's because you know star wars shaped them as a person when they were a kid and now they can't let go of it because it's their comfort thing yeah and then they get mad because there's a female Jedi. <laughs> um, yeah, it might be some sort of like, I I am an age thing um, because late 40s, she's like trying to hold on to her youth. Mm-hmm. Or like, like you said, this gave me comfort when I was in middle school, which is the worst time in oh, everybody's gosh. life. <laughs> we can never do it again. <laughs> Honestly, I say this to the kids all the time. When they're like, I hate my life. I'm like, honestly, when I was 14, I also hated my life. I think everybody hates their life when they're 14. It's going to get better, bud, I promise. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it seems like he's, yeah, like I said, he avoided it for too long and needed to say something sooner before Mm -hmm. it was like a personal for him. But, and especially like when it was affecting her job. I mean, that boss was out of line, but also, like, maybe that could have triggered some introspection about it at the time. Right. So, yeah. Talk to her in a more cooled down, maybe write her a letter. Yeah, that might be. Especially if you're getting emotional about it. That might be something. I would go ahead and do the picture without her. If she's not going to play ball with the picture, just go ahead and do it without her. If it's, you know, going to affect family relations that much, you have to make a an executive decision about that but after that when this is a bit cooler have a nicer talk with her about Mm -hmm. it for sure all right the next two i have are both like a lot okay this one i think we'll have opinions about um so op her i think her probably (laughs) uh kids are 17 14 and 8 am i the asshole for enforcing my kids friends to follow the same phone rules as our kids. In your own house? Or... Yes. Okay. Mm. Okay. Get some water before this one. Yeah. Okay. Hydrate, people. <laughs> this is your hydration reminder. Yes. I hear your AC kicking on, too. It must be warm over there. It's, uh, yeah, pretty warm. <laughs> Which I mention only because I'm not going to edit it out and you guys have to deal with it. We're not making it, we're not gonna literally kill Esme by making her turn oh, her AC don't make me turn my AC off. <laughs> it's literally die. Right now. It's getting to <laughs> the Satan's armpit time. The, uh, okay, so my kids are 17, 14, and 8. The 8-year-old does not have a phone, but the two teens do. The rules are that they are not allowed to have their phone in the bedroom alone or the bathroom during any time of the day. And at night, they bring us, me and their dad, their phones, and we lock them up. These rules are mostly because I know how vile the internet can be. I've had my younger siblings who grew up during the rise of the internet tell me horror stories. As well, I very clearly remember the things I saw on Omegle as an adult. Ooh. (laughs) Omegle is a cesspit. (laughs) I never went... I The only social media things I went on were like Newgrounds, or like the old Newgrounds, and then I found Reddit pretty early on, so... I have I came to Reddit late, um, and my parents were pretty strict about internet usage. So we were allowed twenty minutes per day. Whoa! On the internet, we had a timer and everything, and we basically just did Neopets and AOL Instant Messenger. Yeah, I did have uh, MSN Messenger. 
Although AOL Instant Messenger was like, we had to beg for that because all our friends had MSN. We were not allowed to have MSN. (laughs) Oh, and then I don't know if I mentioned this on air before. The main forum that I went on when I was a teenager was the Snopes forum. Jesus. Right? Uh, Which doesn't exist anymore. And I tried to sign. I like was a lurker because I tried to sign up for it multiple times and they never approved me. So I'm now starting to believe that it was like, it was about 20 people who would post. And I'm starting to believe it was like the creator of the website sock puppet accounts or something. Where they just like approved 20 people and then got really lazy and stopped approving people. So I just got back into my Neopets account. I actually emailed the help desk. Okay, so this is this is a wild story that I'm just going to tell right now before I forget. do it. So I I was talking to my friends in England. We we have like a a little uh, group chat. Shout out to Teen Quarantine where we've just been talking to each other over the pandemic. And in one of the first meetings, everybody was talking about how they'd managed to get back into their Neopets accounts. And I was like, wait a second, is it still running? And they were like, yeah, 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 yeah. So I tried to get in, but I actually don't own the email account that I used to use to get into Neopets anymore. So I was like, well, shit. So all my friends were saying, oh, don't worry about it. And I was like, no, I'm going to email the help desk. I did not expect a response. (laughs) But eight (laughs) months later, some lady called Laura in the Neopets help desk emailed me back and got me back into my account. (laughs) (laughs) So if you're listening to this, Laura from the Neopets help desk, thank you. That's a turnaround time right there. Right, eight months. (laughs) You probably completely forgot about it. (laughs) She probably just logged in on a whim and was like, oh shit. (laughs) (laughs) Actual email from a real person. There's like one person still working at Neopets. And I was able to tell them exactly what my email address was and everything. And I was like, I just need you to like reset my email address to this email address and then I can get in no problem. Thank you for your (laughs) dedicated support. So yeah, I'm back in my Neopets account. And it's great. Yeah, I I fortunately avoided most of the like, you know, something awful or nine gag forums. Yeah, I didn't didn't get into that stuff. But uh, yeah, the internet is uh, a crazy place. It's less of a Wild West now. Yeah, it's a lot more kind of, I would say, while there's a lot more awful content on the internet now, it is a better regulated place. (laughs) Yeah, for the most part. For the most part. (laughs) Um, Okay, so on to the issue. I really don't want to risk any of these issues with my kids, as well it helps them not procrastinate on homework or chores, and we spend a lot more family time together. This past week, my oldest had a new friend come over. Remember, her oldest is 17. Okay. The girls were going to my daughter's room, and so I asked for their phones. My daughter looked embarrassed, but handed over her phone. Her friend then asked me what I meant. I told her my rule, and she told me that she wanted to keep her phone. I then told them that they could stay out in the living room. The girl got a little bit irritated, but they ended up staying out in the living room. The hangout then turned into a sleepover, and I called the kid's dad and talked to him a bit about our rules. The dad was a bit skeptical of our rules, we get that often, but agreed. He told me he would relay this info to the mom as she was working. Nighttime came and everyone gave me their phones except for my daughter's friend. She said that she felt more comfortable keeping her phone in case of an emergency. I told her if there was an emergency, she can come wake me and my husband up. She then told me that she didn't really feel comfortable with that in case she wanted to text her mom to sleep. I told her that if that was the case, she should just go home because in our house, our rule is no phones in the bedroom, period. She called her mom in another room and I could hear her crying. And while I felt bad, I stood my ground. The mom had apparently just gotten off work and not talked to dad and thought our phone rule was creepy and invasive and told me that when she got to my house. 
She said that I should have just let her daughter keep her phone, and I told her that her daughter needed to follow my rules. My oldest is now embarrassed and really upset with me, and even my husband thinks I should have just relaxed a little. I don't think I did anything wrong, but am I the asshole for not letting the girl keep her phone? Edit just to clarify, the girl knew before the sleepover they turned over their phones before they went to bed, and she also knew her phone was included. She was not randomly blindsided. Okay, so at the age, I think this is an age issue and not a phone issue. Yeah. I mean, 17 is almost an adult. At the age of 17, in a strange person's house that you've never been in before, yeah, I'd want to keep my phone with me. Yeah. Like, that's a matter of safety. The only reason why my parents allowed us to have phones when we were teenagers, and it wasn't like we didn't have smartphones or anything. We had a literal Nokia brick, right? (laughs) We had to text them whenever we got anywhere where we were going on our own. That was all we could use our phones for. We were on um, pay and go plans. We weren't on contracts. We were on pay and go plans. So if we couldn't put the money into the phone, we couldn't text anybody. And this was when when texting cost like 10p. Yeah, yeah. That's like, the same. It was like a, a nickel or a dime to uh, send a text message. So you would have to put like money on it per month and you would and only get a certain amount of text. Text messages were like tweets. You couldn't put like an unlimited amount of characters in there. So you really had to be on it with what you wanted to say to somebody if you didn't want to spend any money. Um, and and that was it. So for a really long time, I hardly ever used my phone. I used it mostly just for, Updates. hey, I'm here. Um, we're thinking of going out to eat, so don't make me don't make me dinner. I'll be home about this time, and I'll text you before I leave. Like th- that was basically all I used my phone for. I think if I was seventeen and somebody else's parent tried to take my phone from me in a house I'd never been in before, I would probably react the same. Same, yeah. That being said, I do think that if you're allowing somebody, if you're allowing your child to go to somebody else's home to stay over, you need to know and agree to their rules beforehand because. There have been situations where when I was a kid, I would go to somebody else's house to like hang out or whatever. And there were certain things that I was not allowed to do. Like I wasn't allowed to play out in the street. That was a hard and fast rule. I was not allowed to play out in the street. So there was one time I was at a new friend's house and their mom was like, oh, why don't you go out to into the street and there's like there's like a, a little hill outside and you guys can hang on the hill and whatever. And I was hit with incredibly severe anxiety about this because I am not allowed to play in the street and my mom didn't know this was going to be an issue at the time and I didn't have a phone or anything so I couldn't tell her so I was put in a really awkward position of either I'm going to break my rule that my mom gave me or I'm going to look weird in front of this other kid that's a really difficult position to put your child in on either side of the aisle um so yeah and i think that's that's like a common thing as far as like going over to friends houses when you're 12 13 14 and them having different cultural like things or different rules and stuff but they're 17 yeah (laughs) is the thing like like i think that it's fair to maybe not want your 13 year old to have free unlimited access to the yes internet in someone's pocket i but in that case don't take the phone just make them stay out in public areas i think i think my thinking about this is either you relax the rule and everything is fine or if you're the mom of the visiting child you don't chew out the other person's mom on the phone 
for a rule you don't agree with. Like, I, I think that's pretty rude to do. I mean, it is her house and she can parent how she wants. But similarly, that's not her child. I think it's a really difficult position for everybody in this situation. But I do think the mum was rude. The, the the visiting child's mom was really rude. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I think that the the situation that was created is difficult. Yes. But all she had to do was not be weird. <laughs> like, all yeah. he had to do was not be weird about it. And the- just be like, oh, well, if you're going to keep, like, just stay in the common areas. I mean, at 17, you should hmm. trust your kid. They're almost an adult. And, you know, this kid wasn't trying to hide anything. It's not like she was trying to sneak her phone around or whatever. The mom asked for it and she said, no, I don't think I will. Like, I don't think that that's yeah. a terrible thing to do. I think if she was going to do something, you know, illicit with the phone, then she would have hidden it. And and that in itself makes me think that OP was too harsh. Yeah, like like the, the friend is acting like an adult, kind right. of. Right. And OP doesn't want to treat her like an adult. It's kind of one of those things like we've talked about before where teenagers are people. Yeah. And if that kid has anxiety about staying at someone else's house, which it sounds like she said she wanted to text her mom to sleep, like, you can't take that away from that kid. Yeah. That's pretty callous, I think. Like, she's, she just wants to say goodnight to her mother. I don't think that that's a terrible thing to want. I don't know. It's a hard it's a hard situation because on the one hand, your parenting is going to be undermined in some way, shape or form. Because when the other kids wake up, they're going to be like, well, why was she allowed to have her phone? Or the other way is that this other girl's parents are going to chew you out for a rule they don't agree with. So OP has kind of manufactured a situation where she's between a rock and a hard place. Yeah. And... And I think that she's got this very hard and fast rule. And I think as your kids get older, you should lighten those rules. Mm. And especially like phones are expensive. Yes. Um, Like what if something did, what if there was an emergency? And then OP says in the comments, like if there was an emergency, she could come wake us up. And it's like, but what if like you are the emergency, you know? <laughs> yeah. I'm also thinking if you don't want your kids on the internet, unsupervised don't get them phones with internet on right like that is still a thing you can do yeah (laughs) yes but again 17 like yeah maybe for the 14 year old for sure like i I don't understand why you would continue to buy them phones which would allow them access to the thing you don't want them to have access to and then be upset when they want to use them also, here's a thing we haven't talked about. She mm. says no phones in the bathroom or bedroom. Those are the only private areas. So it might also be like a porn thing. She doesn't want them like having porn on their phone. Porn magazines still exist. Like there's a lot of ways to get that content. I just... <sighs> yeah, it's a very weird. She seems to be restrictive instead of guiding. Like Right. I feel like her fixation is phones are evil rather than the internet is a minefield and I need to be cautious. And she tries to have her cake and eat it too with that. So in the comments, she says, uh, I think I turned out okay because I was older and I saw some of that horrible stuff on the internet. I had a sister that got to 
got into a lot of stuff that she now has to go to therapy for and my parents and siblings never knew. I'd rather avoid that. I've eased up a lot on my rules in general. At first, I wasn't for any social media, but they can all have it now. I used to have general time restrictions, but now it's just whenever they go to bed, which is usually before us because I'm a night owl. This is the one rule I won't budge on, though. And then later she says she doesn't go through their phones and she doesn't restrict anything on their phones. Like she doesn't have a parental what filter. Not, not even for the eight-year-old? The eight-year-old doesn't have a phone. Okay. I was going to say. only the 14 and 17-year-old. And I was going to say, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. And um, she says, I have only once done a phone check and it was when my 17-year-old was being bullied by friends over text and she was acting off and wouldn't tell me. She ended up giving me her phone to look at, my version of a phone check. So yeah, I'm glad I did because we had a great discussion about it and she trusts me to talk to, the, to, talk to these issues about with her. <laughs> Strict parents raise sneaky children. Exactly. Like, and we've said this before in, in different stories and things that we've talked about but if you're restricting these things and there's no lesson behind it then it just looks like you're being a dick for 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 being for the purpose of being a dick yeah and then here's another thing too is that if you're trying to teach them moderation Mm -hmm. you need to at one point let them do it themselves right and even if they you know don't follow that at one like at what point when they turn 18, are you going to let them have their own phone at night? Or are you going to keep doing this because you pay for the phone or because they still live right. in your house? Like, What is going to be the next thing that is going to be restricted? Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's, it seems like a weird fixation. Yeah. Like, honestly, what I would have done if I had this rule, which I probably wouldn't, is just let the friend have her phone because... That's not your property. It's not your kid. It's not your property. Um, And, you know, have a conversation with your kid when the friend is gone. Yeah. Because when another person's child is in your house, you are responsible for their well-being. But you're not their jailer. Like, Mm -hmm. especially when they're 17, they can make their own decisions and they can do what they want, mostly. Yeah. I think that just... She was so... It's such a routine for them now that this is the thing that they do she didn't consider the other person's feelings about it and she was too strict on that rule so yeah and it's like they aren't your kid for the night like mm-hmm. it's their ki- someone else's kid staying at home and like yeah the dad agreed to it but it sounds like she framed it in a like a we can't like your child can't break this rule kind of way and so he's like okay fine i guess but didn't really yeah, like what are you think gonna say that to that her feel what are you gonna say to that when another parent calls you up and says hey so your daughter's about to go to bed but i need her to give me her phone otherwise she has to come home when you've just sat down with a bottle of wine or whatever (laughs) (laughs) and this woman's calling you and you're like yeah okay whatever fuck it (laughs) yeah just don't call me again weirdo um and like she's 17 maybe she could just drive herself home like she's 17 good oh can you not drive at 17 18 Oh, wow. Well, mm, 16 and a half, but... Um, not by yourself. Not driving. by yourself. And um, most kids can't afford driving. You don't have driver's ed at school. 
you have to pay for it. You have to pay for private driving lessons. Most kids can't afford it. They can't afford the insurance. So if you have a friend who can drive at 17, Jesus, you'll live in a charmed life. <laughs> in California, you have to do two. You have to do driver's ed, which is the school part, and then driver's training, which is behind the wheel, which you have to pay for. Um, so it cost me nearly £3,000 to get my driver's license. Holy shit. <laughs> and I passed first time. Well, you guys also have really good public oh, transportation. Yeah. We have really <laughs> so. good public transportation, but also your guys' drive-in test is a joke. <laughs> it's an absolute joke. I had to take a second driving test when I got here so that I could drive on California roads and get a California driving license. Holy shit. It was easy as piss. I did so many things wrong and they still let me pass. I don't even understand really? how this happens. So I um I almost got a perfect score. Uh, the only reason why I got one point knocked off is because I didn't look both ways at a T intersection. I got twelve minors. Dang. And they still let me pass. Because there's some there's some things that if you do, you will fail immediately. <laughs> so right. mustn't have been anything too egregious. But it was just like I was pretty sure I had failed. I didn't fully stop at a stop sign. I did a California stop. Uh, oh, and the, that should be an automatic fail. Well, like, the even though everybody does it all the time in real life, like right. And the driving instructor was like, the guy who was testing me was like, "What should you have done there?" I was like, "Oh, come to a full and complete stop." He was like, "Yeah." <laughs> that was it. That's funny. I, it might be the person because I know that there was like this one lady who uh, at at our local DMV. Some people, in order to avoid getting this one very strict lady, would go to the next town over to take their driver's test well, because she was like really intense. My theory is that I was driving a 1992 Mazda Miata and the guy who was testing me was about 450 pounds. I think he just didn't want to get in that car again. <laughs> like that, I honestly believe that the only reason I passed my California driving test, which was literally 20 minutes and, you know, I didn't do anything incredibly dangerous, but I didn't do my full-on complete stop. It was because he could not be asked squeezing back into that Miata one more time. I, uh, when I was taking my, the test part for my motorcycle license, there was a woman taking the driver's license one, the car one, mm -hmm. and she had like a headphones in and was cheating. She was like what? reading the, t and because it was loud in the DMV, so like I could hear because I was right next to her, but they couldn't see. And I finished my test and I took it up and I was like, yeah, that, that lady's cheating. I, if she has to cheat on this 10 question test, right? I do not want her on the road. Like, okay. what the hell? So the, the, the actual written test portion of the California driving license is the part of this process that I actually laughed at. Yeah, in England, so you easy. take two tests, two written tests. And they're like an hour long each. Holy shit. <laughs> they don't want to be giving just anybody a fucking driver's license in England. In California, they're like, well, you basically have to drive, so have at it, 15-year-old. Yeah. Um. Honestly. You have to be 15 and a half to take driver's ed and the like driver's training thing, but you have to be 16 to get your license. So you can like start the process when you're 15 and a half. It's like, I'm teaching 13 year olds and they're like, oh yeah, my dad's taking me to look for a used car so that when I'm 15 and a half, we can start learning to drive. I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, you can hardly tie your shoelaces. What are you doing? The motorcycle one is a lot more rigorous. You have to uh, take, a, I think it was four days. So it's like two days in the classroom, two days on a course, which was at our our college's like an empty parking lot that they had. Our university does a float in the uh, uh, Rose Parade. 
Mm-hmm. That's a thing, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's in Pasadena. So they had this huge parking lot to make the float. And that's where we took the motorcycle safety course. Huh. And one woman, the poor, poor dear, she immediately failed. Because they're like, if you lay the bike down, like if you drop it and it falls down, that's an automatic fail. Like you need to go do some more practice on your own first. She uh, just gotten divorced. And so she got this huge Harley, which you're not riding your own bikes, but um, right. they have bikes for you. And so they're like, yeah, she's gonna she's gonna go do some more like little little practice and then come back to a different my mom failed her driving license before she'd even left the car park in the testing. No seatbelt? No, she hit a bollard. <laughs> She was laughing so hard, and the guy, if you fail in your driving test in England, they don't tell you. You just have to keep going. You have to do the whole thing anyway. So she was so nervous that she hit a bollard all the way. I think she hit a bollard. She either hit a bollard or she stalled the car out. Um, And then she was like, well, there's nothing to be nervous about anymore, because I already failed. So she knew she'd failed, and she was laughing about it. The driving instructor was trying to, like, just do the test. And when she came back, they were like, I'm sorry to inform you. My mom was like, yeah, I failed. I know I failed. <laughs> you have to get her to tell that story next time she's on the podcast because it's just, it's so funny. Next Christmas. She describes it. Next Christmas, we'll have, we'll have mom back. All right. Yeah. So OP needs to chill. Yeah. <laughs> That's her takeaway OP needs here. to have a fucking second to think about the way she's behaving and uh, rectify that behavior. Yeah. Uh, this next one I have was the uh, was is very oft talked about. It is actually from January 2020, which is why we haven't really talked about it because we kind of like missed it. Mm-hmm. I think we haven't talked about it. If we have, I have some other horrible stories that we can input here. <laughs> Am I the asshole for banning my husband and father-in-law from the delivery room due to their intensely stressful, creepy behavior during my pregnancy? I do not think we've done this one. Okay. Because we did one where the father-in-law was like, you have to be there in case yes. in case, in case you have, have to, to murder your, your wife. So. <laughs> yeah, and so this one gets talked about a lot and people really, really want an update. And let me just double check her username real quick just to see if she's posted an yeah. update one year ago. Man, okay. Everybody wants to know if this woman's okay. Okay. A lot of context, the character limit cuts off, but here's the gist. My husband and I are expecting our first child, which I knew would be a really sensitive issue as his own mother died in childbirth with him. Oof. We met with a marriage counselor to talk things through at the beginning, and he swears he's been seeing his own therapist twice a month throughout my pregnancy. I don't want to call him a liar, but I'm fairly sure he's either not going or not talking about the big issue. He and his father, a hugely active part of our lives are completely convinced that I am going to die in childbirth. Jesus. They won't openly admit it, but their behavior has reached the point where it's constantly making me feel stressed and uncomfortable. When it was husband saying, please make sure your life insurance is up to date, and I'd like you to meet with a lawyer and draft a will, I was like, that's kind of intense, but okay if that makes you feel better. When husband asked me to go through all of my possessions and inventory what I wanted to be saved for the baby versus what I would want to be returned to my family in the event of my death, I put my foot down and said, absolutely not. Too morbid, no way. My father-in-law, who lives a few blocks away and eats dinner with us two to four nights a week, got on my case about how I was making things difficult for my husband in the event that he would be a grieving widower with a newborn. I'm just going to add here that I've had a completely complication-free pregnancy and have no reason to think I will die screaming in the coming weeks. When I tell my husband this, he calls me paranoid, but I feel like my father-in-law wants me to die. 
His whole life identity for the past 35 years has been amazing single dad, never dated or had close friends or even hobbies, really. And it seems like he's looking forward to being able to guide my husband through what he went through. At this point, I'd honestly be happy to never see my father-in-law again. And I certainly don't want him in the delivery room, especially since he told me he was putting his foot down about me not being allowed to have an epidural or laughing gas. I don't think laughing gas is still a thing. Yeah, I don't really give him laughing gas anymore. He's a commanding presence, and I know that whatever he wants in the delivery room, he will get. I know people say, oh, L&D nurses would never let that happen, but you have not met this man. My husband, in addition to backing his dad on everything, acts like my due date is my death date and has completely pulled away from me. Every minute with him is stressful, morbid, and a reminder that our marriage seems to be crumbling. No matter how many times I tell him his behavior has made me stressed and upset, It's just getting worse, and I do not want it around me while I'm concentrating on giving birth. Do I owe it to my husband to let him stress and upset me during labor? Is his presence at the birth more important than a safe and healthy delivery? My therapist says no, but this whole thing has been so weird. I feel like I need some outside perspective. Fucking hell. Yeah. Dude needs to go back to his therapist. He needs to actually be seeing that therapist. Yeah, and she needs to, like, go with him to make sure. They need to have a joint session. Yeah. So that she can sit down and say, I don't think you're talking about this in therapy. You are destroying my life. Like, this is not what I thought it was going to be like. You need to quit it. That's just, that's a lot. I know that, you know, traumatic things can happen during birth and people do still die during childbirth and that is terrible. But if the pregnancy has been completely complication-free and she's getting close to giving birth, you got to stop talking about it. You gotta stop. That poor woman. Yeah, it's like, I almost understand the life insurance and the will thing. Because, like, that's probably important. That's probably a normal thing to do when you're pregnant. But, like, literally everything else. And then having this man come into your home and scream at you about it three to five nights a week is not healthy. I mean, what happens if the stress does affect her giving birth? Yeah. Are they going to take responsibility for that? When she's told them repeatedly? Or is this just going to be a see I told you so moment? Yeah, probably the I told you so thing. It's just too much for a woman who was already having to go through something that's incredibly traumatic. Yeah. And so she's got a lot of comments because she said she had to like leave a bunch of stuff out for character limit. Mm-hmm. So she says, I really, really, really would prefer my own mother to be there in place of my father-in-law. Hospital only allows two support folks in the room. This was pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. My husband said that's not fair, as we both need a support person, that he will be mine and my father-in-law will be his. I do get that, but father-in-law is, like, actively planning for my death. I don't want that vibe in the delivery room. And the response to that is, no, when your husband gives birth, he gets a support person. (laughs) (laughs) Just, I get that the father went through something that changed his life completely, but he clearly has not grieved or allowed himself to be an individual he's made this his whole identity and has like that martyr complex that single parents sometimes (sighs) get where it's like i'm such a good parent i don't allow myself to be happy he also needs therapy yeah which he won't go to i I could tell yeah because she's like he always gets his way it sounds like he might be one of those people who just manipulates the therapist so yes yeah um so she also says Like I said, I've always felt like he resented me a little for taking my husband from him, but Mm -hmm. we still get on really well. I've been completely unprepared for this because the way he treats me now is just, 
unimaginably cold and weird and controlling. He was never like this before I got pregnant. When we got into it about the epidural slash laughing gas, he told me that the only important part of delivery is a healthy baby. (gasps) That medical intervention for the mother is inherently bad for the baby. And when I said my comfort is an important aspect of the birth, he told me your comfort in this process is irrelevant. So yeah, we're not coming back from that. Our relationship is completely done, which is like good for you. You get a gold star, but your husband needs to get on that same page as you and it sounds like his father has been manipulating him his entire life it's almost like my wife died so it's not fair if you get to have a stress-free birth interesting yeah it's like not fair if you survive because my wife died it's not fair if you if if my son gets to have what i didn't have Very. that's so strange like surely you would want the best for your son who has grown up without a mother who in all probability, has some kind of guilt complex over that. Yeah. And now he's trying to make it seem like it's like a normal thing. It's very strange that he's not just like, instead of being paranoid that she's going to die and trying to do everything to prevent that from happening, he is just assuming it's going to happen and saying, well, hopefully we get a baby out of it. Like, (laughs) It's almost like he's trying to think of He's trying to shield himself from the inevitability of losing somebody who he cares about by assuming that the worst is going to happen and prepping for that. So so this is something that some people do when they're scared of something is they will, they will fixate on, on only one outcome. And that is the outcome that you're going to get. There is no other possibility because the, the, the likelihood of other possibilities means that they have to open themselves up to be hurt again. Or uncertainty and worry. And if you're like, I'm not worried. I just expect the worst thing. Right. Then that frees you from like anxiety about it. It's almost like he's thinking if I stop caring about this woman now, I don't have to be sad when she inevitably passes away in childbirth. Mm-hmm. Treating her like a like a surrogate, essentially. Right. What's the point of giving her painkillers when she's going to die anyway? Or treating her like an animal. Right? Fucking... So it, he, he is trying to kind of shift from, oh no, I'm really worried and I really like you and I don't want anything bad to happen to you, to, well, she's going to die, so... Yeah. Uh, she, has, she has two more comments. Okay. Not allowed to ask what he talks about in therapy. I'm fairly sure he isn't going at all. Character limit has forced me to omit this, but he is a complete mess at my doctor's appointments. Has been asking multiple questions about how quickly they can do an emergency C-section if things go south. Badgering the doctor to inform me that natural delivery that natural delivery is clearly the only real option. Trying to rat on me for eating cheat foods like cheese and ice cream that are, quote, terrible for the baby. It's like he's been replaced by a different man. I don't know what to do anymore. He's constantly staring at me wistfully, reminding me of the good times in our relationship, What's telling me he will, not would, be lost without me. His mere presence drives my heart rate up at this point, and I'm still over a month out. God alive. Move in with your mother. Yeah, I was going to say, I'd have left already. Yeah. I'd have left. I wouldn't be staying there. God. Last comment. I just feel like I've been as understanding as possible. I scheduled marriage counseling to talk through the things when I got pregnant. Great step. Mm -hmm. Wanted to keep going, but my husband insisted that he needed to work through things alone with his own therapist, and I didn't want to push the issue. 
Honestly, I don't know if I could be more sensitive without ramping up my own stress level. I caved and did the terminally ill parent recording videos for after their death thing. Why? Fucking The issue hell. was that the big impetus for me making this post was my father-in-law swinging by the house to help me pack up all my non-maternity clothes and take them to our storage unit. That I was like, what the fuck? No, I'll need those soon. I'm active and healthy and relatively close to my pre-pregnancy size. He called me insensitive for not making things as easy as possible on my husband. Husband came home, saw that my clothes were still in the closet, and got upset with me because we need to be prepared. Genuinely, am I being insensitive here for refusing to take part in the plans for my own death? He won't discuss the stress or PTSD thing with me because he says he's working through it with his therapist and won't talk about anything they discuss. Is there anything I'm not seeing here, things I can do to support my husband that don't involve me actively planning to die screaming from a preventable hemorrhage. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I'd have left already. Yeah. And I'd have detailed all of my concerns in a note. I'd have said, look, you're not going to your therapist, or at least I can't see anything that is suggesting to me that you are seeing your therapist. I am not going to put up with this anymore. I'm not going to die. You need to sort yourself out. I, I can't have you or my father-in-law in the delivery room. You've lost that privilege by refusing to do what I asked you to do. I've done everything I can possibly do for you, and now I have to think about me and the baby. Yeah. They need to get away from the father-in-law. God damn. Like, he's not healthy for her husband. He's not healthy he's not... for himself. Yeah. Like, ugh, ooh. Yeah, so this is why people want an update really badly, but there isn't one. Okay. So. Oh, I hope you're doing good, OP. No. Everybody, like, sometimes they'll just be a, like a no stupid questions that'll just ask, like, whatever happened to her? And it's like, we hope everything went well. And I honestly, at this point, would have moved out cut off them both about up pregnancy updates. Yeah, I wouldn't be talking to them at all. And not even told them when I went into labor. No. And then what? also someone points out, tell your team, the medical team, mm -hmm. to not let them in. Because they won't. <laughs> so, yeah. Bad times. Bad Can times. you imagine how embarrassed the husband would be when she comes out of the emergency room and she's like, I'm fine. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> I'm just trying to think of like what the look on his face would be like. It would be like the second coming of Christ. What women can survive childbirth? Huh. It, maybe that's the only thing. Maybe that's that's the only thing that was going to persuade him that his behavior was erratic and weird. Yeah. When she when she actually came out of the delivery room and was like, "See, I told you so. Here's a baby." Like, because nothing else is working. I would have so many fucking rules for him when I got home with the baby. Honestly, I'd have a like, whole list of shit. Yeah, like she's saying that that she's not allowed to ask him what he talks about in therapy. Like at this point, I want a freaking recording. <laughs> right. Not he's, actually, but... He's clearly telling the therapist that he feels fine about it and he doesn't need to talk about it anymore. Or he's not going. Like or he's not says, going. Yeah. Like, does she have the name of his therapist? And obviously, I, I'm not saying that the therapist should like keep her updated on what right. he says in therapy, but like... There needs to be uh, some sort of accountability, and it sounds like he's being really cagey about it, so it's probably not happening. Oof. Oofa-doofa. Oof. So yeah. Wow. Just sitting here waiting for an update. I'm thinking about you, OP. I'm gonna follow her. <laughs> I wonder how many followers she has. I don't know how to look that up. I wonder how many messages she gets daily asking how she is. I know, right? Like, 
You all right? Damn. All right. Uh, okay, last one is kind of a similar issue, but much, much lighter. Okay. Am I the asshole for expecting the toilet seat to be left down? My boyfriend thinks so. Ay, ay, ay. <laughs> no ages. Okay. Background. I have been living with my boyfriend for three years now. For at least two of those, we also had another male roommate. The issue of the toilet seat has never really crossed into needing to be an actual conversation. There was only one bathroom in our apartment. Maybe once in a blue moon did the toilet seat get left up, and this was usually because one person wound up coming home after too much to drink, and it wasn't exactly their priority that night to put it back down. No big deal. My male roommate has since moved out, and we're down to the apartment being shared between myself and the boyfriend. The boyfriend. The boyfriend. About two weeks ago, we had his parents come over for a small dinner to celebrate his birthday, and his father went to use our restroom. He returned with a little bit of a smile and said to us all, You know how you can tell it's a woman's bathroom? I guessed hair products everywhere. And he said, The toilet seat was down. Cue small chuckle from all of us. Flash forward to today, and let me remind you that after three years of living together, the seat has been left up less than ten times during that period. I'd go as so far to say maybe even less than five times. And that was with two men here. It is now the sixth time over the past two weeks where I've gone to use the bathroom and the toilet seat is left up. I asked the boyfriend if he could put the seat back down after he's done, and he responded snarkily with something along the lines of, What's the difference if I have to put the seat up every time I go? You can just put the seat down. It's the same thing. I see where he's coming from, but this hasn't ever been an issue before his father made that comment, and I told him even and I even told him that. I also grew up in a household sharing bathrooms with a brother and a father, and they always left the seat down nine times out of ten as well. I'm come to think it's pretty standard practice that any house with a woman living there, the men try to leave the seat down. Am I the asshole for expecting my boyfriend to leave the seat down and getting a little irritated at this new change? Holy gender roles, Batman. God, I thought this joke was left in the 90s. <laughs> but also her. The dad The dad was a prick for bringing it up. But her for the, expecting it. I, a woman lives in the house, therefore the seat needs to be down mm. all the time. I mean, I put the lid, like, close the whole thing. Like, yeah, don't leave the, the toilet open. I, I am a terrible person for just leaving the toilet open because, because I am. I just do. That's what I do. But I also don't get on my husband for leaving the toilet seat up because who the fuck does that? He has to use the toilet too. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Yeah. I picked this one because it's more telling that he just decided to be like this because his dad made one comment. Right. One, one sexist comment. It's very interesting that, like, he is that beholden to what his dad thinks. That he's like, well, now when my dad's not even here, I need to be a man and leave the toilet seat up. Like, what the- just fucking bullshit. Like, yeah, the whole, like, toilet seat up versus down thing. It's like, no, just close the whole thing. Just close the toilet. That's gross. And also, how's your cat gonna sit on the toilet seat if you don't- (laughs) It's not allowed in the bathroom. (laughs) Well, we leave the door open. Otherwise, she yells. (laughs) (laughs) Neo can yell all he likes. I'm not opening the bathroom door for him. (laughs) There's a toilet in there, and I know for a fact that he sticks his head in it. So, (laughs) she doesn't do that. Um, I've never had a dog either who gave a shit about like drinking out of the toilet. I 100% caught that bitch red handed, (laughs) like within the first couple of weeks of having him. And I was like, that is not gonna fly in my house. (laughs) There's no way you're gonna drink from the toilet, idiot. (laughs) Yeah, it's. She's kind of an idiot for expecting, just being like, oh, woman's in the house. No, 
you know, you're both using the toilet. If you use the toilet, then you should just be grateful he's not shitting on the floor. Like, (laughs) yeah, this is not a problem. The bigger problem is his dad's influence over him. Yeah. Um, Because it clearly turns him from a considerate human being into a grade A misogynist. So, yeah, that's what you need to be having the conversation about. It's got nothing to do with the toilet seat. The Iranian yogurt is not the issue here. Exactly. Yeah, and then the fact that he responded really snarkily with like, what's the difference? I have to put the seat up every time. It's like, well, yeah, but but like, let's talk about how your dad made a joke and you changed your entire behavior like for three weeks. That's bad. I bet the dad pulled him aside and was like, you really let her tell you how to live in your own house? Maybe. Or maybe all he needed to do was make that one joke. And now he's like afraid of being ruled by a nagging wife or whatever. Men are so fragile, aren't they? Right. Poor babies. (laughs) I don't know how they function without being frightened that their manlyhood is under attack. Yeah, I think that was it. I think that's the case. And that uh, like the joke did that, which like, damn. Also, like who again, how old is this dad like that he made this dumb joke like who cares meme jokes god very 90s stand-up style i we have a group chat and they like to put boomer memes in the group chat and all boomer (laughs) memes are like i hate my wife and my kid likes computers and everybody's stupid except me get off my lawn yeah all boomer jokes are designed with the men's humor in mind Absolutely. And not, like, women being able to complain about anything or, like, have something that they find funny. It's very strange. It's also very, like, all the women jokes are like, I need my wine. That's my medicine. It's like, okay, yeah. (laughs) Like, this is a healthy dynamic. (laughs) You're an alcoholic drinking to cope with the way that your husband treats you. And the way that you have to take care of 90% of the child care and housework and also have a job because boomers ruined one income families yes <laughs> Ugh, just you know and i'm i'm guilty of this but just close the whole thing just yeah. close the whole toilet seat or oh, take the toilet seat off if it bothers you so much <laughs> just unscrew it you don't need it you can squat <laughs> it's more sanitary problem solved yeah you don't have to clean that then it's always my least favorite job is cleaning the toilet seat i don't mind like scrubbing the toilet but actually cleaning the toilet seat is... Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Doesn't get rinsed every time you Mm-mm. flush. I Yeah, I think you need to sit down and, and t- have a conversation with boyfriend about how he feels about his father. Let's get well, some. Ne- next time he leaves it up, just put cling film on the toilet seat. <laughs> Speaking of pranks, <laughs> we discussed last week. Yeah, put cling film on the toilet seat. It'll be fun. Be great. Yeah, so that's why I said this one was kind of similar to the last one, except super not as intense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not concerned that your wife's going to die in childbirth, but you are concerned that she's taking away your testicles somehow. <laughs> yeah, man, so annoying that, yeah, I, I think I mentioned this also like a couple of weeks ago with the like guys night and girls night thing. It's just very odd to me. Like gender essentialism is so weird. It's like, why would you put so many limits on people just be individuals instead of having to deal with these weird gender roles. And I think, like, maybe gender roles used to make sense when, you know, men were doing manual labor and women were expected, like, healthcare was worse, so women could actually, like, be severely injured in childbirth or whatever. Like, they had to be present with the kids, too. But, like, now, 
We have formula. Yeah, you don't need to be home. Like, not every uh, job is building the pyramids. <laughs> right. It, it does. It doesn't make sense. It's. It's just. It's a. It's an archaic product of a uh, an industrialized society. I think. Yeah. I think it probably used to make sense even as close to us now as maybe the 60s. But yeah, we don't need it anymore. It's just useless. It's well, yeah, that's because healthcare for women in the 60s was a joke because right. nobody cared. That was uh, one, like Mad Men is a pretty good show. And the sh- most shocking part of that was when Betty gives birth and they just completely put her under fully with drugs. Like she's in a she's drug tripping while giving birth and she just wakes up and there's a baby there and it's Shit. like they just are like well you know what we're gonna do is just we're gonna make you comatose and then the baby will be fine <laughs> or then you won't have to deal with the trauma of childbirth i mean that sounds pretty good <laughs> sounds like a it sounds almost like a like a lucid dreaming or what is it called sleep paralysis nightmare to me where this thing is happening to your body and you can't move that sounds like a nightmare to me well if i was asleep i wouldn't give a shit i think that was the <laughs> only way i'd be able to give birth is if like they were like you're going to go to sleep and when you wake up there's a baby i'd be like cool that sounds amazing <laughs> let's do it yeah well you can't like push when yeah you're... i know and that's yeah. why that's why it's not going to happen <laughs> And they also don't let you go to sleep when when they're doing a C-section, which is why it's very good they put that curtain up to be like, you, you don't want to see this. I don't want to see that shit. I don't want to no. be present in the universe when that is happening to me. The other thing that scares me is also like brain surgery. You have to be awake so oh, that they can Jesus. make sure that they didn't like remove your ability to speak or something. They're like, count backwards from 100. Okay, now tell me what color this card is. Like, they have people there. I don't think I can count backwards from 100. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even need brain surgery. Very slowly. (laughs) 100. Okay, let me count all the way up from one now. Give me a second. Yeah, and like, I... They would have to give me so much Valium for that. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, anything head, brain, eye surgery, I would just have to be like fully anti-anxiety meted up like because otherwise and i want to get lasik at some point but i'm hoping that nope. it will have improved by the time i get it so they don't have to peel a layer off of your eyeball nope. sorry trigger warning <laughs> it's, my mom got lasik and that 100 percent turned me off same like she got yeah. it when it was like brand new because she got paid for she only oh. had to pay for one eye because she did a, 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 like a press release on it. Oh, wow. So they gave her the other eye for free. But she... <laughs> this is the life of my, my mother. It's just like... And she told me what happened and I was like, I would not I would not pay somebody to do that to me. I wouldn't let anyone pay me to have that yeah. done to me. It sounds awful. I also can't ca- count the alphabet backwards, so I would always fail a roadside <laughs> sobriety test. I have no idea how to do that. How do people know that? Uh, you have to practice. <laughs> but that's dumb. Why would yeah. I waste my time doing that? There's so many bad things I could be doing. <laughs> yeah, the, there's an episode of Malcolm in the Middle uh, where a woman does it really fast because she's been, the joke, haha, is that she's been pulled over a lot <laughs> and has to do a lot of field sobriety tests. Speaking of like the wine memes, it's essentially that. And so then I, I practiced after that because I thought it was fun. To show Lots off of stuff. as a party Lots trick. Of stuff in Malcolm in the Middle that I would not want to practice. <laughs> yeah. It's a good show. 
It's an amazing show. Fucking Brian Cranston. I love that man. He's great. The Power Walking episode. Oh, God. Is probably the greatest sitcom episode that was ever written. <laughs> it's so good. It is, like, indelibly etched into my brain. I really much enjoy the one where the boys all beat up a bunch of clowns because they made Lois sad. <laughs> like, any time where they come together to, like, defend Lois, even though she is supposed to be, like, the tyrant. Yeah, I love that. The roller skates episode, the peeps episode, and the power walking episode are the three episodes of Malcolm in the Middle that I will never forget. Also, I mean, I just semi, like, a couple years ago rewatched it. There's one where um, Hal gets in, like, a yard decoration for Christmas. Oh, war, shit! And he's like, I can't beat him for Christmas, so I'm going to beat him for Pearl Harbor Day. <laughs> and they put up this, like, cute little display, and then the neighbor out out-decorates them, so they put a bunch of worms all over his yard display, and a bunch of seagulls that. come and shit all over it. <laughs> so <end>. good. <laughs> It's a good show. Oh, I love Malcolm in the Middle. Speaking of gender norms. But the the thing they do really well in Malcolm in the Middle is they don't have that dysfunctional, like, I hate my wife thing. Yes. Like, Hal love really other. loves her. Yeah. And they're trying the best they can. And it also shows how, like, she didn't want to be like this yeah. until Francis came along and broke her spirit. <laughs> <laughs> I always feel like if I ever was a mom, I'd be... I'd be like Lois from Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah. I'd just be like at the end of my rope all the time. I do. And you'll maybe have noticed. I do say, what is the matter with you a lot? Because that's what she says. Because it's a very good like, like literally sit down and tell me what is wrong with you that you did this. Oh, so good. Yeah. Talk to your boyfriend. Just agree to both put the toilet seat all the way down both time, Like both of you and talk to him about his reaction to his father's comment. Or comments, we don't know. Show him Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah, exactly. Sit sit and watch Malcolm in the Middle together for a couple of weeks. I'll fix everything. I think I'll put You'll forget about the toilet seat. (laughs) All right, I had a very... Oh my gosh. Okay, so this kind of ties in with last week or the week before with the the humans being bros. Mm -hmm. And so the subreddit of the week is Reverse Animal Rescue. (laughs) What? Okay, this one I've never seen. Awesome. Okay. I hope it's what I'm imagining in my head. (laughs) Basically, they take GIFs or videos of people rescuing animals and reverse it so it looks like they're they're putting them in like horrible horrible situations (laughs) okay here's the top of all time that's not what i was imagining but that also sounds good (laughs) i was imagining people like helping animals out of places and then animals just immediately putting themselves in worse (laughs) situations oh god the first one of all time though really uh nope (laughs) that was bad yeah it's uh someone the I think this was viral when straws became like a conversation, but it's a guy pulling a straw out of a turtle's nose. And so they reversed it. So he's like jamming this straw into this turtle's nose. And again, like this one is good because it's really re- it's reversed. Like it was a good thing that happened. I also like sick mom uses choking device to silence child so she can talk on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> I like how she never gets off the phone, but even if she is like saving him, it's like a device that gets um like suctions, yeah, suctions of someone's choking. I guess. (laughs) Oh, put a kitten into a Tesla. So this is hilarious. (laughs) Coast Guard forces deer to live life out at sea. (laughs) 
<laughs> no. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's one where this guy saves a turtle. Like, so it's like humans being bros, but then they reverse it. Yeah, essentially. It's very good. And what's the, there's one where a turtle is like stuck on some rocks. Oh, no, that was um that was like how I found this subreddit, actually. This poor mouse. <laughs> when, you, when you toss the kid a little too high. This is so good. <laughs> click click on when, I, when you toss a kid a little too high. <laughs> just the facial expressions afterwards of them just like this kid was stuck on like a roof, I think. And so they're holding their arms up for the kid to jump. Oops. And so it looks like they just threw the kid up into the air and lift their arms up and the kid never came back down. <laughs> That's so funny. That's really good. Yeah. Time for this cow to hibernate. <laughs> oh, sorry buddy you have to get off the boat oh, oh poor doggy they saved him so yeah that's why it's very funny but also it's like a good thing oh no the mouse there was a mouse the mouse it's yeah got its head the stuck mouse in an good. electrical outlet <laughs> it looks like they're just installing the mouse because so god's force a legal mexican dog to swim back where it came from <laughs> This one has like a silly baby doggy. It's time for you to go, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Don't you ever try to cross that border again. (laughs) It's surprising how well these work out. It looks like they're just depositing animals in the ocean. Don't you ever try to cross that border again. Very good. Very good. Yeah. So very funny, but also, you know, very good. And I think they sometimes have the original in the comments. So gif reversing bot. Here's your gif. Oh, Jesus. There's an alligator in that swimming pool. Oh yeah, so the bo- so the bot reversed the gif originally, and now in the comments it reverses it back to normal, Aww. so that you can see the actual one. That's good. This guy's pulling an alligator out of a pool. They snapped its jaws shut. I'm surprised this alligator is just letting this man carry him like a doll. Man lowers <laughs> Florida man lowers gator into backyard pool to give it swimming lessons. <laughs> Very good. Anyway, so that's a fun one, and also. It's like silly, but also good. Good things are happening. Humans are being bros, but backwards. <laughs> make it funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right, where can people find you on the internet? You can send me Malcolm in the Middle gifts on Twitter at esme underscore c underscore nose, as in knows lots of things. You can also join us on Facebook at the letter R slash the letter U serious podcast. How about you, Morgan? Uh, you can send me different types of goth aesthetics aesthetics Ooh. at Morgan underscore Slay, or you can email us at are the le- no yes you can t- tweet at <laughs> us. <laughs> you can tweet at us, please. If you ever see an update to this morbid mommy post, that you need to send it to us. It's the law at are the letter you the word serious pod on Twitter, or email us at are the letter you the word serious pod at gmail.com. I think I did it correctly. Also, if you like our podcast, share with your friends. Tell your dog and your dog will tell everybody, except they'll be talking in dog. So maybe you should make him an A-board sign instead. Yeah, have him walk around and, and have our, you know, Twitter handle and our Hell Podbean yeah. <laughs> account. Your dog will look sign. stylish and we'll get more listeners. It's a win-win for everybody yeah. involved. A viral dog campaign. That's what we need. It wouldn't work with cats. No. Our cats would tell us, would tell you guys not to listen to us because we never feed them. <laughs> Neo just doesn't like wearing clothes. So if I tried to put an A board on him, he would freak out. 
Well, Cora would literally murder us in our sleep. She barely tolerates her collar as it is. Well, Cora's like a trained assassin. Like, yeah. I love her, but I don't trust her. I've never met a cat with resting bitch face before her. <laughs> <laughs> I think our cats should be in a buddy cop. Yes, serious. absolutely. Cora with her retching, resting bitch face and Neo the dumbest animal alive. She perpetually looks like she's two weeks from retirement. Yeah, and Neo is like the wide-eyed rookie. Like, oh yeah, let's do it. <laughs> absolutely. Okay, let's go. Someone photoshopped that, please. Please fucking draw our cats as buddy cops. (laughs) I want this so much.